Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Welcome to a podcast edition of Tax Talk. And uh, my name is Larry Post. I'm a senior tax and planning advisor here at BWFA. And with me is Tyler Klug, who is a financial planner here at BWFA. And today's topic, which uh, has come about a lot in our discussions with our clients and attorneys, is naming a trust as an IRA beneficiary. And there are obviously a lot of reasons why you would want to do this. And I think a lot of times we don't hear the negatives uh, from people, they just read the positive. So we wanted to give a brief overview of the pros and cons of naming a uh, trust as an IRA beneficiary. Understand that an IRA or an individual retirement account is an investment account that you own, and you are the beneficiary of that, and it cannot be owned by a trust or anybody else during your lifetime. We are talking about what happens when you pass away. So Tyler, why don't you talk a little bit about, so I own it, I uh, we hear a lot about required minimum distributions. What are they, and you know what, what happens when you're living? Okay, well, while you're alive, um, you'll have to start taking money from your IRA, um, your pre-tax accounts, and um, when you turn 73 to 75, based on the current law changes in the Secure Act 2.0. It used to be 70 and a half, and then it was 70 age 72, uh, but now there's there's a, a scale depending on your birth date, when you were born how old you are, um, it's either age 73 up to 75, and that's when you have to start taking a portion of your IRA out each year. Um, you don't have to spend it, you just have to take it out of the account and actually pay taxes, because ultimately the IRS wants to start collecting their money. Okay, yeah, and I do know that if the way that IRS tables are structured, it's physically impossible to withdraw all your money if you only take your RMDs. You will die with an IRA balance. Obviously, you can take more than the required minimum distributions, but just so you understand the way the tables are written, you can't take it all. So even at age 98 and 99, it is not a 100% distribution. So let's talk about, you know, I, I can typically leave it to my kids, my spouse, uh, that's typically what we see. I can leave it to nonprofits. I can do a lot of different things. But now we hear about this, hey, let's leave it to a trust. So we're going to talk, basically, uh, there's about five or six different reasons why you would want to leave it to a trust instead of an individual. So number one would be um, beneficiary ownership limitation. So this is, I can't leave it to an individual that I want to because number one, either it's a minor who's legally unable to own an IRA, so I can't leave it to my six-year-old. Uh, it would have to be left in some capacity, either through a trust or another individual as custodian for, but I cannot leave it to a minor. Um, what happens if I have a child or somebody I want to take care of with special needs and do not want to leave it to that person, mainly because by owning this, they could lose government benefits. And so I want to leave it to some vehicle that allows me to control if and when they get proceeds from this. So that would definitely be a reason why I wouldn't, that I would want to use a trust. Well, give me another yeah. reason, Tyler. Another reason could be in the case of a second marriage. So if you're remarried, um, you know, maybe your goal, of course, might be to still leave assets if you predecease um, your spouse, leave assets to provide for your current spouse. 
but if you have children, you might also want to make sure and ensure that those assets are still around um, for your children down the road. Um, if you leave the IRA outright to your new spouse, nothing, it's not saying anything bad about your, your new spouse, but there could be a circumstance then where those assets actually don't stay in your lineage um, and don't actually go to your children. Um, if you left it to a trust, you could structure it then so that trust could provide income or provide support for your spouse while they, he or she is living. Um, but then when they pass away, then those, that asset that's in the trust can then be ensured to be passed to your kids. Right. Yeah. And, and another reason would be, you know, everybody talks about RMDs, required minimum distributions. I think there's some confusion out there that you can't take more and you can. So an IRA beneficiary, whether it's yourself, whether it's an inherited IRA, uh, can take as much as they want as long as they take the minimum required. Um, you know, and we know there's a 10 year rule now, basically, but uh, and, uh, somebody can take more. And so if you want to control that beneficiary's distributions, and you don't want them to take more. By leaving it to a trust, the IR, the trust itself may have to take it all out of the IRA within this 10 year, we'll talk about in a second, but the fact is that the amount that gets distributed out to the beneficiary is controlled by the trust and not by the IRA distribution rules. The money may end up in the trust, but the trust document can control. So I can keep a beneficiary from cleaning it out mm -hmm. over a period of time. So what about something else? Yeah, and um, similar to, to my last point, but you, you know, if you're worried about keeping it in the lineage or, or having control, ultimately that trust provides you with more control potentially because then you can also name successive beneficiaries in that trust. So you, you're thinking very long term, but you think about the, you know, the initial beneficiary when you pass away, who, you know, who's that first beneficiary? But if then they they pass away, who's the next beneficiary, and so on and so forth? You could create a trust that's going to last you know generations. Um, so again, that's another reason versus just outright you know beneficiaries with the IRA without a trust. Right. And the last thing we're going to talk about really is we talk a lot about leave it in a trust, creditor protection, creditor protection, and that is true. So uh, your own IRA has some protection, right, from bankruptcy, from creditors. But the Supreme Court ruled in 2014 that an inherited IRA does not qualify under the federal bankruptcy code as exempt from creditors as other retirement assets. So by leaving the money to a trust, the trust, if it's properly structured, wouldn't be an asset of the beneficiary and therefore still have credit of protection. So those are the big reasons why you would want to use a trust as beneficiary. We're going to talk real briefly about this distribution and rules, and then we'll tell you why we think you need to take a deep breath before you go through with this. So um, a little bit about the payout rules. Yeah, well, so just like we were describing how when you're living, you have RMDs or required minimum distributions uh, starting between age 73 to 75 when you pass away, and those assets are now in an inherited IRA for your, the beneficiaries, um, there are some rules that would also determine how that gets paid out. Um, it is dependent on, you know, what, how you name the beneficiaries, um, so there, there's some caveats there, um, but generally, um, the new SECURE Act that was passed says that within a 10-year period, the assets need to come out of that IRA. Um, there may be then RMDs throughout that 10-year period, but by the end of that 10th year, the whole account needs to be distributed. Um, but again, depending on the beneficiaries and the situation, um, there could be either a 10-year rule, maybe a five-year rule, um, or sometimes with some, there is limitation to this, but there could be a potential stretch um, where you could stretch that out a little bit further. 
um, as with, if there's eligible designated beneficiaries, but we could probably do another whole podcast on just Yeah, that. we can. Um, and, and so the last point we want to make, you know, we went through all the reasons why. Understand this, that if a trust is named as an IRA beneficiary, the payout rules that Tyler just talked about will either be the stretch over that person's lifetime if they were a beneficiary of the trust, the 10-year rule or the five-year rule. Don't want to get into the specifics there because the money's going into the trust. It's going to eventually get paid out over this period of time. And depending on whether your trust is set up as a conduit where the money flows in and out or an accumulation trust where you're keeping the money in the trust and it doesn't get paid out, the income tax ramifications can be significant. And I wanna just stress that individuals or married individuals, single individuals, uh, pay income tax rates at the same rates as trust, but a trust, just to be clear, a married couple doesn't hit the top tax bracket until their taxable income is well over half a million dollars. So think of that in terms of a trust which hits the highest tax rate, the same 37% rate we're talking 14, 15,000 bucks, boom, highest rate. So understand there is a very large differential in the amount of income tax you are going to pay to the Internal Revenue Service by keeping the money in a trust versus paying it out directly. And you can work with your advisor, CPA, financial advisor, when the time comes to make sure what is the best way, do we pay it out, not pay it out. So it's important to know do not confuse the RMD payout rules to the trust with the payout rules of the trust. The trust may say we can pay out annually all the income and then the tax may not be a problem. But understand when you leave an IRA to a trust as beneficiary, there are income tax consequences and you have to determine whether it's worth paying higher tax to control all the reasons why we said you want to use the trust as beneficiary. Do you want to pay for that control? Because it could come at a cost. I think what we want you to walk away from here is that is it, it isn't a one-size-fits-all. Please talk to your financial advisor or tax advisor. We'll be happy to have a conversation with you. But it isn't just leave it to a trust because it's better. So I hope this helps and we look forward to hearing uh, speaking with you on another podcast. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.